0: Welcome everybody to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is Dr. CK, your host. And today we have a special guest and her name is Dr. Roche. So I want to give you some background as far as how me and Dr. Roche met. Um, And she's on the line right now. This is more of a, I'm going to say an orthodox podcast in that it's actually going to be a behind the scenes conversation. And I thought it would be cool for me to share it with my listeners. And so uh, Dr. Roche is on here. Uh, we met in grad school. We were actually in the Bay Area. That's where she is from, and she can tell you a little bit about herself in a moment. But we met at Argosy University, and I remember the first time that I saw Dr. Roche, she was filling out paperwork um, <laughs> to you know, complete her admissions into the clinical psychology program, which was a society program that we were in. And then the first time that she interacted with me, which I'll let her tell you that part, um, was during our orientation. And I guess I was standoffish to everybody because I was going through it. Y'all with some allergy situations and no one knew that. And so (laughs) welcome, Dr. Roche, to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Well, hello, Dr. TK. I am doing well. I'm excited to be a part of this uh, podcast.
0: So you want to give the listeners a little backdrop about how we met? Because I always think it's funny when we talk about relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic ones, because everybody always has like two different sides of the story.
1: Definitely. Um, So. uh, So when we met uh, this, what I recall was was very similar to that. um, You know, Dr. TK, All I remember her saying she was from Compton and then she was like me looking right now it turns out that you know it was because she had allergies and stuff and it's so interesting that even that you can have like a, maybe a first impression of somebody of being maybe unapproachable or whatever the case may be um because of whatever they may have been going on temporarily in their lives um that it ended up turning out to be something like you know completely different and she's the closest person that i have, <laughs> like you know that game like you know my bestie from you know graduate school which is such a, tr- a trip Um, but that day one was like, I don't know about her. (laughs) Um, but you know, literally like, you know, probably like, uh, maybe a week later or so after we were in classes, um, then we kind of had that almost that inseparable, uh, situation where it's like, I'm at your house all the time. Like we (laughs) hanging out and we're dreaming together. And so just the fact that, I mean, that was back in, we went to grad school 2005. 2005. Um, so just to see like some of the things that we thought about together, dreamed about together, had conversations about, to see that our lives have really like grown into the people who we were like hoping to be and desiring to be. It's just like so exciting right now.
0: Blows my mind. So yes. we, we had an acronym that we went by and then it changed. Yes. Uh, so the acronym for all the listeners, it was called BBD and no, it is not Bell Bendevo DeVoe, but it was BBD, Beautiful Black Doctors, specifically because in our cohort, I specifically remember it was about... Uh, 60 people in our cohort that was admitted in 2005 and only 12 of us graduated from our cohort within the four-year time span. Some people were extended and then a lot of people were that, uh, what is it, ABD, all my dissertation. And so it was me, you, um, Teresa, one of our other friends, Frank, um, and then our other group of, uh, we'll call it the diverse group, you know what I'm saying. Yes. And, uh, but Dr. Roche and I created a bond over the last, you know, the, the couple of years that we were in grad school together, along with also being placed with one another in practicum sites and things like that. And so we started calling ourselves BBD, which stood for Beautiful Black Doctor. And I right. think we made up that name like second or third year or something. Yeah. And it literally traveled with us until I think it was two years, about a year and a half ago when we spoke at the Los Angeles Women's Expo. Yes. Um, and we renamed it BBP, Beautiful Black Psychologist, because a lot of people assumed that we were medical physicians. Yes. And if someone was sick, they started asking us all these questions. And we were like, no, we're focused on the sickness of the mind. You know, So <laughs> let's change it up. And that's what we're known for now. So um, let's get to know Dr. Roche a little bit better. So what actually inspired you to become a clinical psychologist?
1: Um, So... Uh, let let give me give you a little background about me. So, um, you know, Dr. Rochelle Brown. I'm actually from the Bay Area, as um, Dr. Gk has already said. And um, and what kind of led me to being a psychologist is kind of a you know all kind of different levels of what happened. But overall, you know, I come from a crazy dysfunctional family, like most of us do. You know, I, I grew up in um, deep East Oakland, right, which was the underserved um, area in that way. And there weren't many people in my family, nor people in my community who were going to college um, or even some of them not even graduating high school. Um, But with all of the different um, dysfunctions that I was like seeing, you know, levels of crime, levels of substance abuse and everything, I knew that we like needed support and we needed help. And just naturally in my life, I was like the one who like people talk to um, and like, you know, learn information from. Um, at that time. And I was like, my way out of the hood is going to be to get an education. Wow. Wow. You know, that's pretty much what happened. And so I, you know, I went off to uh, Xavier University in New Orleans. Um, I went out there and I was psychology pre-med. So my initial uh, level was like, I'm going to be pre-med. I'm going to be a doctor. Somebody gonna call me doctor, but I didn't really know how to go about doing that. And um, in that process, Xavier really kind of teaches you. And I had a change of heart, really like life changed me and shifted my direction from going to medical school and then end up going to graduate school. Um, But I was already psychology pre-med, so I had a bachelor's degree in psychology. So you made a huge pivot. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) A little little bit of a pivot, um, because instead of going medical school versus grad school, I mean, a good thing is I had the foundation of psychology. That was already there. I I took all my psychology courses and I actually had a degree in psychology. Um, But my minor was chemistry because I had to take a lot of science courses to get into medical school. Um, So there was like a a big pivot, a shift. Right. You know, when like, you know, life gives you lemons. Hey, make some. Right. Right. Um, You know, and so amazing is that even though it was something that I wasn't expecting, like my freshman year going into college who I am today was because of that shift was because of that pivot. Um, and so I was able to go to grad school and like really psychology was super aligned with who I was, who I already like was doing what I was doing naturally in life. My, even my natural nosiness about learning about people, (laughs) but also wanting to help fix them and help work with them. Um, So all of that kind of really came together.
0: I want to go back to the word you said about alignment, because for 2020, that's actually part of my motto is walking in alignment with who you truly are, who God and or the universe created you to be. And so can you tell us about how you found that alignment, meaning what type of work have you been doing in the mental health field over the last 15 plus years?
1: Well, you know, well, initially, I think I started um, when it comes down to alignment is like with people who were like me. Right. So having, you know, grew up in the hood and have a lot of experience and exposure with people who are like, you know, um, you know, in crime and substance use. That's where I started. You know, so I started in Richmond, um, you know, working with kids who, you know, really were like I was able to be relatable to because I understood their experience um, because I like, you know, I lived a lot of their experiences. So I really started there working with high school students, um, you know, then later on wanting to uh, broaden my um, my scope of like what I knew how to do. So I was like, oh, I wonder what severely mentally ill people look like. So then I started to work with them. Um, you know, then I like came back and I worked with um, a different culture, right? Like, you know, majority of my clients were like, you know, low socioeconomic status, um, and they were mostly, you know, black and brown. But then I was like, I wonder what it's like to, you know, to maybe work with, you know, the white population. And so I actually started working with them to see what their um, issues were. Right. Um, then I ended up, uh, you know, moving into uh, all kinds of different things into the prisons, you know, working with veterans, mm-hmm. you know, working you um, a part of the pet
0: team. Right.
1: Yeah. Don't well? say it again. The pet team. The oh, yeah, yeah. team. Yes. Yeah, so, I, you know, I worked with the mobile crisis team. Then I end up going into um, the psychiatric emergency services team um, to see, like, what does it feel like in the 5150 land? So 5150 from the street, 5150 <laughs> in the actual actual hospital, you know, 5150s in, in the prison, you know. So I really started to, you know, just kind of broaden my horizon and get um, and, 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 and experience a lot of different things. Um, And to see what really felt good to me over time. And so that's kind of what led me to uh, a little bit more about what I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even though it's a little different, it was stuff that I was starting to see. Um, a, a whole
0: lot. Yeah, I know based off of our history, because I want to pivot this conversation to actually introduce our listeners to what you're currently doing now yeah. um, as far as being a renowned author, you're a speaker, and you're also really big in the financial industry. And I think it's very interesting because in our previous conversations, of course, when we met, you know, yeah. we would do fun things together. We would talk yeah. about money, making money in the future together. And I always yeah. noticed that that had been a passion of yours to yeah. talk about what does it mean to really live a financially abundant lifestyle. And yeah. so how did you get into the financial services or industry?
1: So, I mean, you know, interesting enough, <laughs> um, Dr. TK introduced me to, um, to it. So like, I don't know if you remember, you introduced me to the process, but- January kick-off. Yes. Yes. I think, you know, the, um, the funny thing is, is like, like, like you said, money has always been, always been a passion. So the concept of saving, you know, money has always been something. And even just to go back into my history of, like I was saying, substance users and all that kind of stuff in my family, I was the one who held their money, you know, like, Hey, Shay, can you hold my money? You know, I was the one who subtracted and say, well, you use this much money. You only got, you know, $20 left. Are you sure you want this last 20? You know, so I was always this person in my family. People, you know, would borrow little money from me when I only had little like $5 and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, oh, I heard about this thing called interest. You know, so I was always like excited about <laughs> learning these things. I, I, I remember uh, first time I learned about taxes, like, you know, McDonald's, had was uh, it was $2.99 and they were saying they needed $3.24. I was like, what <laughs> they, they asking for more money, you know? Um, so it's like, I always had this interest and this excitement around money anyway. And then when we start working with, um, you know, clients in the Richmond area, Oakland area, different areas, I also recognize it was a big struggle of most of my clients. Mm. You know, like a lot of them, you know, younger kids never really being taught anything about money. Um, You know, especially I used to work a lot with foster youth. They would get different like, you know, gift cards and all this kind of stuff. And um, they didn't know what to do or how to spend the money. And one of my biggest pet peeves used to happen when I was younger is going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And only having $50, but going to the um, cashier and, and you've spent 75 mm-hmm. right? And then you got to say, oh, can you take that back? Uh, mm-hmm. Can you take that back? Can you take that back? Oh, my God. That's one of my biggest pet bees. And so seeing that happening with my clients, I was like, no, 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 no. We're going into the store together. We're going to like you know do the me- the little mental calculations of how much you actually have. So you integrated
0: finances into the therapy treatment.
1: Into my th- that was my therapy treatment. So I like I've been doing this like you know mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, even sitting with I had private practice and I would sit with clients who were having a lot of financial stress and it really hit me like financial stress and mental health stress they are the same. They mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So if Um, you can boil it, like, I wonder if, because I know that you have so much
0: information regarding like finances, how people can live more abundantly, save money. What are three main points? Because you know that most of my listeners are within the mental health professional, but I also have, you know, listeners um, that are interested in mental health. What are three main points
1: that you can share with my listeners about money mindset? So, I mean, here, go like for the mindset aspect is number one, First, believe that you are worthy and that you are deserving of abundance. Um, That is huge um, right now. You know, what you think about, you bring about, right? And so when we're in that state in our minds where we kind of only think about bills and think about, you know, uh, money from a negative um, area, then we find ourselves always like, you know, not having a good relationship when it comes down to money. So I would definitely say like, you know, just believe that you're worthy um, and that you're deserving of having abundance, despite everybody else around you not having that. That's good. Um, so that's definitely number one. Um, another uh, like um, thing to think about is um, this is number two. This is more of a practical step: is that is not difficult to manage your money, <laughs> right? It's mm-hmm. Like get that out of your head that it's difficult to manage your money. Um, a lot of times when I sit with people, they always like, "Oh, I have more month than I have months." Right. So they's like it's always like it's just it's just I can't do it. I live in the Bay Area. Like it's always like it's always something, you know what I mean, that people just automatically just think that it's just too difficult mm-hmm. to manage their money. So they just don't even try. Mm-hmm. They don't even try. And so really kind of get that um, state out of your um, out of your mind that it's just too difficult to do it. Um, and then like the third thing that I would say is like kind of as a change of your money mindset and, and me and Dr. D.K., have talked about this and I'm pretty sure you talked about it in the other podcast is just the level of like, you know, affirming. Right. Mm-hmm. That's an area like affirmations are sh- extremely important. Um, one of the coaches we used to work with, you say, I-, I make money um, easily and effortlessly. Right. <laughs> um, so one area of money mindset, um, I-, I believe that when it comes down to our money, we have two different ways of, of, of getting it together. There's don't the, shoot. the yeah, like there's the deprivation way, right? Where we got to cut back, cut back, cut back, cut back. Don't drink Starbucks. Don't do this, right? You know, right? There's that deprivation model, like you got to deprive yourself in order to have, right? And there is some benefit to that, right? So there's certain things that maybe you shouldn't be doing, right? I'm looking at right now, like being in um, a difficult time as coronavirus shelter in place, people are at home all the time, like boom, no nails done, right? What? You know, hair not done. People, your eyelash is not done. You know what I'm saying? All these things that you would have been spending money on, right? Maybe you're not eating out as often as you used to. All of those things are levels of savings And if you could like use this forced time and and, and start to develop a habit that once we get out of this forced shelter in place time, that you can start to say, like, do I need some of those things? Like, do I need me? I so love that.
0: Um, in part, I don't know if you've seen it on like my social media. I post often like in my agenda and I wanted to share something with you before you go to the other side of the deprivation. It's
1: wealth story because I've seen that yesterday. Yes,
0: listen. So I got this from somebody that I listened to on podcast. It was one of her podcast episodes, but uh-huh. I loved how she captured it because it really helped me make decisions as far as even regarding business and personal, how and where I invest my money. So she yes. talked about wealthy now or wealthy later. And what I did is I just looked at what she said. I put it on a pretty pink sheet of paper on my agenda. And I actually list out things that I want for my business and for my personal life. But then I asked myself these following questions before I actually make the purchase. So one of the questions that I asked myself is, does it bring me joy now? So for mm-hmm. example, you mentioned like the nails, like, yeah, my, looking at my nails right now does not bring me joy. But yeah. if I look back at habits, and I wasn't a real big nail person, but some people are. I'm a big hair person. Yeah. So do I need to spend that much money on the extensions for my hair? Do I need to get the extensions for my hair redone with a new you know, batch of hair every 30 days? Or can I just reuse the hair? You know right. what I'm saying? And so. It just, when you said that, it made me think about it because this is a time where I've also personally been forcing myself to ask those questions wealthy now or wealthy later because it's honestly giving me the ability to look at how I'm actually spending my money and how frivolously I was spending my money on things more so frequency, not that it wasn't a good spin, yeah. but how much I spent in the frequency, um, definitely yeah. I'm getting a different
1: outlook. So thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a question that we always have to ask. Like, is this a need or is this a want? Right. Um. You know. So I am known for like a lot of acronyms, and so I do have an acronym for need. It popped up in my head. But, um, what is a need? A need is something that is necessary for that. N is necessary. Mm-hmm. E for your empowerment. Right. It helps you to um to do to do better. Your um, it also uh, and the empowerment. It does it encourage you or it does it does it help with your development. right so you actually want to think about that for like what is your actual like a need is it a need 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 is this going to make you become better is it going to make you help it's help you to to do better right is it going to help you to grow um so you always want to ask that because not everything is a need right like my nails are not like a need and I am a huge nail person I was a nail and a hair person um (laughs) prior to COVID land is what I've been calling it (laughs) (laughs) right Um, but I feel like, you know, now that I'm like, my nails aren't done, Mm -hmm. it's not bothering me as much as I thought it would bother me. Right. I'm able to live, you know, and I literally probably have had nails frequently had nails going on like 10 or so years. Like, like I just, just, I never even had a break. My nails, this is my first nail break in about at least 10 years. Wow. Um, and so for the fact that I was able to do that, and I feel OK. I still feel gorgeous. I still feel pretty. I don't feel you know, like, oh, my God, something's missing inside of me. And I think that's something that we really should look at, too, is like, you know, even like going into more of natural hairstyles and different things like that, like, you know, a lot of our levels of of, of attractiveness we actually tied up in all these things mm-hmm. um, and now that these things are not here are you like still feeling attractive about yourself are you still able to really develop a serious self-love right mm-hmm. that's not external in nature but it's really that internal like level of self-love right so i think that's some of the things we gotta gonna check ourselves on right
0: <laughs> you know? so i know that you said it was another side i'm waiting you said deprivation is one oh, side yeah. what's the other side
1: Come on, like, tell me, tell me, me. <laughs> keep, track, keep track with it, Dr. TK. So yeah, deprivation is like, okay, like we got to cut back, cut back, cut back. But the other level is prosperity. I love it. Prosperity, right? Because we need to increase cash flow within our lives. You have to increase cash flow. So if you're one of those people who say that there's more month than there is money, mm-hmm. then you need to figure out how to increase some cash flow in your life. And there's, you know, multiple ways to do that. Right. So some of us may need to get an extra job. Right. We are in a service oriented community. You can Uber, you can lift, you can Instacart. You could I mean, there's right. so many different things like that you could just do on the side that doesn't require a significant level of commitment, but you can still make some extra money. So find those areas. Right. I've been telling people like right now, like even when it comes down to COVID land, you literally can Google. I've done it several times. Google, you know, um, you know, opportunity, work opportunity, and employment opportunities for this particular time. There's things that are increasing right now that you are that you're able and capable of um, being a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and do that, even if it's just temporary, right? So maybe you only go Instacart for like three months. But allow that three months for you to be stacking in, like, you know, lowering down your debt as well as saving some money, right? Mm-hmm. Learn about how to invest. Like, you know, I, it's so interesting because even though I've been in the money game for a while at this point, I was not really like a huge stock person investing. I think there's different levels of investing, right? You should, everybody should have the investment. Number one for everybody mm-hmm. would be get yourself an emergency fund, get yourself a high um, yielding interest account you can Google what is the best high yield interest account. Um, you right. know, like we often, you know, mention American express and synchrony and different things like that. Go and find stuff that's going to give you 1.5% at this point and more. Yes. A lot of them been given even more than that, but like what, a couple years ago, they were at twos and threes, Exactly. Uh, you know, but get yourself into that game. Um, that's number one for that emergency fund. Um, Another thing that you, um, you guys want to get into are what are called index funds. And so everybody should get life insurance. Life insurance is important. They have, um, what are called indexes. So if you have a 401k and it needs to be rolled over into something, get an indexed annuity. Um, if you have money, um, you know, if you don't have life insurance right now, or you're self-employed and you need to have a retirement, Get yourself a life insurance policy, particularly an index universal um, life insurance policy.
0: I want to right? put a buzzword in there because I often refer to it. And I want specifically my mental health professionals to understand what this word means is yes. when we say vehicles. Yes. You need to have multiple. What Dr. Roche is explaining is that you have to have or yeah, you have to have. Sorry. Y'all know how I get down. You have to have multiple vehicles. <laughs> for your money. All of your eggs should not be in one basket. All of your eggs should not be in your previous employer's yes. 401k. One of the things that I learned while I was in the financial industry with Dr. Roche is that they gave us the analogy of when you date. It was a lot of women in the financial industry in this particular meeting, and I remember one of the ladies said, when you break up with a guy, do you leave your stuff over in their house? I mean, maybe petty people, but not grown women, yes. right? And so, right. if we don't leave our blow dryer over there, if we don't leave you know, my hater over there or more prized possessions, like my purse and my shoes, then why would I leave my 401k at my old job? I need to take all my stuff with me. So stop leaving money on the table and find appropriate vehicles that are going to have a good long-term prosperity um, outcome for you later. But thank you for bringing that up because the word vehicles comes up a lot. And I want the, I wanted them to understand
1: what that is. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, sometimes I say multiple vehicles. Sometimes I say multiple buckets. Right. Yes. We need to have multiple opportunities to make our money grow for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, when you emergency fund, I'm easily I can easily touch it. Right. So we need that for if an emergency was to happen, even small emergencies like your car tire can go out. That's a, like a minor emergency compared to losing your job. But when you're not prepared for that car tire. It will make you take away from daycare, make you have to ask somebody else for some extra money, and now we'll put you into debt just because you didn't have $200.
0: With $200. let us talk about the individuals who would like to live the prosperity lifestyle, yes. but maybe the savings account doesn't match because I know premium cars, because we've had our share of yes. multiple cars in our lifestyle having a good time, yes. is we just got the truck fixed and my husband, <laughs> he wasn't exposed to uh, that type of car. You
1: know yes. what I'm saying?
0: And so <laughs> when he when he took the car, I warned him. I already had the money set aside literally like once a year. I just need to set up aside like three to five racks for yes. this car. And he thought I was crazy. And so when he went, I said, if it goes over like 1000 just call me. And he was uh-huh. like, $1,000? he said, well, what are you trying to get fixed? I said, a tire or whatever. He was like, what? Oh, I, I never told you. I'm sorry. So um, he took the car and he called what all, I swear it was like a lot of emojis that he would have texted me, but he was like, they said this freaking bleep 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 tire is $1,000 with tax. It was 1100 I said, welcome to luxury vehicle lane yes. because everybody wants to run around and get these five to eight dollars car notes and they're not uh, they're not looking at the longevity of even if it's a lease, and it, let's just say if it's not covered or things that yes. you do on purpose, your car is not covered. You yes. have to pay for that getting fixed, you know. Yes. So yeah, I, I ain't saw no tire for two hundred dollars since I had my Nissan stanza that was in nineteen eighty nine. Well, girl,
1: I mean, you know, so we're luxury and we're very premium. Now, now keep in mind, not everybody's like us. No, no, right? no but I but I mentioned
0: I just mentioned that because we yes. are in a time where a yes. lot of I'm gonna be real. People that look like us, uh-huh. we tend to go, oh, we, we tend to like things that are nice. And there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. I, you know, my listeners know I love nice things. But yeah. at the same time, sometimes when you're talking about money game and money prosperity and thinking through your finances, a lot of us just look at the $500 note. And when yeah. you set emergency fund for little things, that little thing can turn into a $1,000 one tire and you be born. Right
1: right you know what i'm saying so i just wanted to highlight you (laughs) yeah yeah i mean to me this is this is my biggest issue and that's why i said even two hundred dollars is the fact that most people can't put their hands on two hundred dollars right that's huge right like there's people who literally will be falling apart because they can't put their hands on two hundred dollars right and that is a problem we and 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 you and 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 some of you guys you know do a quick self-check you know what i'm saying at yourself and say, like, do I even have $200 sitting in my uh, mm. my emergency fund? That's good. You know what I mean? Let alone try to get three to six months, mm-hmm. which is the recommended amount, mm-hmm. right? Do you have even one month of your expenses sitting there, right? So if you, something happens and you're unable to pay your mortgage or your rent, like, cause uh, you know, even just something simple, you know, the government shut down at one point. So you had a government job. There was two pay periods that these people didn't make no money. Mm-hmm. Right. We're in such a, a, a crazy time right now that we would have never expected. But COVID land, people like losing their jobs. Right. Like in, and, and I remember shelter in place wait, shoot, shelter in place started in March. Mm-hmm. and we are in may and we still in shelter in place like who would have known that now that is potentially some people just got laid off i mean i just went talking about premium luxury uh vehicles because i ain't been driving mine my my, my battery went out and um and so i took it to the shop and it was so interesting um because there was like nobody there right mm-hmm. because was like nobody's buying cars right so it doesn't mean that these people probably completely lost their jobs but for like now two to three months They will not have jobs, you know, or be having any income coming in because they're not needed anymore. And who would have thought? I mean, it was like it was significant. I'm like, dang, I just got my car service like three, four months ago. And this place was packed. And now there's barely anybody here. There are only two service people. Can Can I I chime in for a moment? This is
0: more of a a statement and a question, um, because you mentioned that you went into a place where typically it's probably swarming with people, whether it be buyers and or customer service representatives or, or salespeople, Right. And I cater my coaching services specifically to mental health professionals. And you know, well, as I know that we work in various places, we always make the statement of we will never be without a job, but considering what has happened currently, yeah. um, depending on where some of our clinicians have chosen to work, you actually low key may be without a job depending on what happens in our world. So you always have to have different vehicles and run your ideas with not just getting, you know, um, focused on just like one job. And one area that I'm looking at, because you gave the example, is of where we did our practicum. We worked at schools. Where are schools at right now, they're online. And so, yes, therapists may be able to, quote unquote, set up scheduling appointments with their clients. But what about people who see little kids? What about people who don't have access to Internet? What about those of us who are working with the inner city population and these kids yeah. don't have a safe place to meet to talk about the same stuff that we talked about? Um, and or maybe the school districts have to lay off some people. So yeah. I'm not saying don't work in schools, but be very mindful of what Dr. Roche is sharing, that you always have to make sure that your money is straight behind closed doors, Um So before we tell people where to find you, because I know they're probably trying to figure out how can they work with you. I do want to give our listeners a bonus and you didn't even expect this, but you know, I like surprises. So (laughs) I want to share with them more so the like not cars, but more so lifestyle abundance and prosperity and on my feed often. And I know on your Facebook up until probably I'm going to say like the end of last year, we were doing a lot of traveling over the last 15 years and one of the things that I wanted to bring to my listeners' attention is that it's really important to have positive circles of influence. Yes. This is something that we learned early on, but we didn't know the name for it. And right. then when we realized the name for it, we started teaching it to everybody. Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to recognize who you hang around with. Yes. So, I want not necessarily to share stories more so, but just to share. Can you shed some light on how important it is to have that person that you? can call and they have the financial abundance to get up and go. Whether we have
1: kids, husband or
0: not, we can still read.
1: I mean, it's huge, you guys. I mean, I would think about um, it like like uh, Dr. TK said, like positive circles of influence was something that we were experiencing and not really naming it. And I, I would go, um, kind of venture to go back all the way to the beginning, like in grad school when we both me and um, Dr. TK actually met one another you know, it, it's a big difference. Like she mentioned that 60 people were in the program and only 12 of us actually graduated on time. Well, why was that? Right. Um, 12 of us graduated on a time because of like, particularly me and Dr. K were the first, um, two people in our class to actually get our dissertations completed. Right. But why is that? Right. Because I was with, I was connected to somebody who Now our conversations is about making sure our dissertation is doing. So we might be at a club and enjoying life and having fun, but we like, hey, you going to get your dissertation done? (laughs) All right, we got this, you know, because it's already part of our our system in our our conversation to just be about that life, you know? And so I think that what ended up happening over time for both of us is that we both start making money, start having jobs and having somebody to talk to about that concept, right? And being okay with talking about your
0: money to someone that's safe.
1: Right. Exactly. To somebody who's safe. Yes, exactly. It, and I mean, that's the great thing about having a friend who has money, like, like mm-hmm. you know, and, and what I mean by that is a person who has a uh, income producing abilities, <laughs> right? right. Um, because that makes it a lot easier to be able to talk about money. It's harder to talk about money, whether you're in a downtime or, or or a good time with somebody who doesn't know how to produce income, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like that means that when you're in a downtime, you don't know how to ask this person like, hey, what should I be doing to make some extra income? Because they don't even know how to do that, right? You don't know am saying? they don't right. even know how to make income. So it's like really important to have like good friends. Um, they, you know, they often say that you're the average of the five friends that you hang around with the most, mm-hmm right and so when you have a friend who's who's able to like financially bring in abundance then that means you're going to be able to bring in abundance if you have a friend who now we're exposed to traveling and says like let's go ahead and travel then you're able to do that right i remember my first year of working like a real job as a doctor and making money <laughs> and feeling a little stressed out a little overwhelmed with life and i'm like i need a vacation. And None of my friends were in the position that I was in to be able to go nowhere. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, <laughs> my first one, I had to I had to tell somebody else, like, hey, I'm going to pay for you. That was how mm-hmm. serious it was. Because <laughs> right. I really was on this vacation, and my money was up, but their money wasn't. Right? But then to get to the place that, you know, me and um, Dr. TK, we both making money. So now, like, hey, you want to go? And it's Right. Like, what did our mentor say? She was like, y'all
0: play hard. Right? <laughs> like, Which is <she> saw- <laughs>
1: And she, and the funny thing about our mentor was like, you must have got that from like, I mean, this is this was years of us constantly traveling. Like, me and um, I, I, it's so funny. Somebody just mentioned on Facebook today, where will you, where would be the first place that you would probably go um after COVID land? I was like, I'm probably gonna go see Darcy <laughs> <laughs> I just tagged you in a post right. because I'm like, you know, it, it, keep in mind, uh, you know, I live in the Bay Area. She lives in um, um, in um, L.A., Southern California. And so for us to be like so far apart, we probably still see each other more often than than friends who are down the street right. from us. you right. know what I'm saying like we still like so so going to LA to me is like me being like, "Hey, let me just go an hour away from something like it's not even it's not let me even just go to Richmond from Oakland right <laughs> It's like not a big deal. And there was like friends of ours who literally lived like an hour and a half away, and I was like, "I don't feel like driving, but then I was I would I would fly. <laughs> 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 to LA and it didn't seem like as big of a attack. right, right. You know, you know, so definitely get yourself some good friends so you can enjoy life, right? right. Um, and right. you don't feel limited because they are limited.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? And this is why I'm so big on community. You know, you've been a guest speaker and you'll be a guest speaker some more. Yeah. And we have some surprises coming up for the, uh, the adult, th- adult Therapist Tribe community. So for those of you who are waiting for the doors to open for um, our open cart, it will be opening up soon. But Dr. Roche, you will see her up in there. So for, for the time that they've been waiting for, um, yeah. how can they find you on social media and how can they work with you?
1: So definitely. um, So on Instagram, I am Dr. Roche, but it's D-R underscore Roche. And you're going to know this name. R-O-S-C-H-E. And we'll put all the information in the podcast. R-O-S-C-H-E. And then also you can just find me on Facebook. Um, Dr. Roche is my business page. But if you would like to um, follow me personally, it's Roche Brown. R-O-S-C-H-E. Last name Brown. B-R-O-W-N. I know a lot of people keep those things separate but I feel like, you know, when it comes down to business and my life, they are like one and the same. If I don't want y'all to know, I ain't going to tell nobody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Social media is not for that. Um it's for business. It's it's for prosperity and <laughs> cash flow. Um right? And then also I often give free 20-minute um, um, personal financial check-ins, right? So if you're like, oh, I'm in a bad place. I'm not really so sure how I am with my um, finances right now. And I just want at least a check-in, right? And it's very expensive to, you know, find a financial advisor or find a financial professional. Um, but I'm here for you for at least 20 minutes. Let's go ahead and check in. You can go to my Calendly link, which is C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y. Dot com and you're going to go to slash Dr. Roche, which is D R R O S C H E. Um, you know, definitely get on my calendar, check it out. If you want to, you can go to my website, DrRethinking.com might be a little bit easier um, because I am the Dr. Rethinking. I help people to remix their thinking <laughs> <But I'm laughs> Love a it. way of living. So go to DrRethinking.com. You can also get it on my calendar from there if that's a lot easier for you. Nice.
0: Yeah. So not to worry for the listeners. Um, she has multiple ways, multiple vehicles yes. to contact her, no excuses. And so we'll definitely make sure that all of the listeners are able to get all of your contact information and that they will definitely uh, check you out for the Uh, you know, up to 20 minute free uh, consultation to look at their finances and also to educate them, I'm gonna put this out there, to educate them on these different vehicles because the fact of the matter is a lot of individuals listen to podcasts all the time. Do they take notes? I'm not sure. Do they actually implement what they learn? Uh, nine times out of 10 or probably not, because they're binge listening, especially right now. So I'm going to make sure that they have all of the links so that they can get in contact with you. Um, for all of my listeners, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, we'll make sure to put you in contact with Dr. Roche. And again, if you want more information on the dope therapist tribe, please make sure to check the show notes. I have additional information for you because I do have a video series coming up at the end of May that will introduce you to Branding Your Business, a free five-day video series. So thank you so much, Dr. Roche, for joining us on this Branding for Abundance podcast. And we look forward to bringing you on to another episode in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.